Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. Well, we are going to be chatting about the week of July 31st through August 6th, 2020. Mm, We're back on rotation of actually talking about upcoming films at the Mayfair. In months, different months. So weird. Wow, August. It's, what is it now? It's Wednesday the 29th. That seems right. So we're almost two weeks deep into this new normal. Man. Things are going very well from the point of view of everybody being awesome and everybody participating and people coming out even if they can't make it out to a movie to buy popcorn and stuff like that. Numbers are low, which was kind of to be expected. Yeah. But they're starting to pick up and we actually had sellouts a couple times oh. of 50 people but what was still, the first one the thing i guess i think it was the Whoa, thing that's amazing saturday night cinema back to yeah, back on sat- wow. last saturday yeah oh, sweet so you had 50 for uh, cinema as well yeah oh, that's yeah. awesome and then yeah. last night i was here for Ghidorah, and that was near that i think it was like 47 people or wow. something and then i think that's happened a few more times so you know that's not we would rather that be 147 back yeah. in the day but for right now we just got to Take them as we get them, and, yeah. and it's nice. So, man, that's hilarious that the first sellout was the movie that did not sell out any theaters in its entire run. Yeah, I should <laughs> I should tag John Carpenter and be like, "See, no. yeah, we finally made it. <laughs> now you're good." God, it only took 38 years, and we finally pulled it off. It's funny. Every review you read, written today for back then, like looking back, says it's crazy that nobody liked this back then. Mm-hmm. But you go back and you read 1982 reviews. From some big shot people. Yeah. And they just, it's like one star movies. It's crazy how things can change or people just weren't in the right mindset at the time. Like, weird. Yeah. And I wonder, like, did Ebert uh, like that one? Nope. He wouldn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> no. yeah, I knew you would know. I was like, maybe Siskel did. Yeah. Because it, it seems like one that could have gone. He might have, although he was really, Siskel was really prudish when it came to violence. Oh, and yeah. Gore. He hated a lot of horror movies. Ebert, I mean, Ebert like Devil's Rejects. Yeah, I know, which still... I, Do I feel like if Devil's mind. Rejects came out in like 1979, he wouldn't have liked it? No, he would have hated it. I, I think when he got older, he kind of lightened up a bit. Yeah. Because I remember like back in the day when all these horror movies were coming out every week, every Friday the 13th. Yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night was a big one. Yeah, all the, all the slasher movies, the big <laughs> slasher boom. They had to review all these movies and they'd, they'd get so tired of it. Yeah, I, like I get it, but at the same time, it's almost, it's weird. It would be like me reviewing like J-pop or something. Like I'm just like, I can't, I can't really have an opinion on this. Like I'm not old they, man yells at cloud pretty much. <laughs> like it just, you know, it's weird that you could like, and it's easy to say in retrospect, I guess, but I, I always find that weird. Like some of the pot shots they would take at horror movies were just sort of like almost unmerited. Like you're just like, what, what did you expect? Like what you just, you knew you would hate this. What was the point? Well, it's like how anybody else, like people change. And I, I love kind of like senior Ebert, at his peak, Siskel and Ebert, Ebert, mm-hmm. I don't love. They were both really kind of mad with power and snippy. For sure. Yeah. but I like his, I like them. I mean, like I like watching those shows. But in his older years, I think like when it was like he and Chaz and when he just started, when he kind of embraced the internet and he started writing about all kinds of different things mm-hmm. and, and then like the documentary that came out about him after he passed away. But so, yeah, it, it's funny how they ruled the world and i think the funniest thing is i remember every once in a while they would do a show that was oops we changed our minds and one of the movies was batman mask of the phantasm and i can't remember the specifics but i remember like when it came out they both just kind of went like ah it's a subpar batman movie that's random and then they changed their mind for some reason and ebert really liked it and i remember paul dini one of the movie's creators being like 
Well, that would have helped the first week when we tanked because you gave us a thumbs down. <laughs> it was like, so it's kind of like bittersweet. It's like, well, I guess that might help with VHS sales or something. But yeah. So even they would like change their mind every once in a while. It's true. Like, and the bad reviews were like almost more entertaining than the good reviews yeah. some of the time. Like when they or, were rip on stuff. Um, there's the one uh, when they reviewed Broken Arrow, the John <laughs> Woo movie. Man, 96. Um, Ebert gave it a thumbs down. Siskel gave it a thumbs up. But then... Ebert convinced him to put his thumb down by the end of the... He's wow. like, oh, you're right. This movie's stupid. Was that the only time he did that? Like, that's I think rare. so. Ebert did it once with this indie movie. It was a movie with Samuel L. Jackson. I think it was called like In the Country or something. Like Roper. It was Ebert and Roper. Okay. Roper gave it thumbs down. And then he sort of convinced him like, oh, you don't... Because I think what it is is sometimes they don't like the movie as much as they originally think. And then they have to kind of think about it more and be like, ah, you're right. It's not that good. Yeah. No, that's weird. I did love watching those. Like, obviously it wasn't the same without Cisco, but that is like such a thing in my childhood, just watching the, and it was usually on late actually. So I'd have to tape it and watch it the next day. Yeah. But, yeah. But they play it like midnight or something. If you go on Google or, or YouTube, you can find the really old Cisco and Ebert back when they were on public television man and, and, like, and they used to do a thing called dog of the week where they'd review like oh here's the worst movie we've seen this week <laughs> so mean how many were dog movies too like that'd be even better and like, it was clifford it was, it was these exploitation grindhouse movies and with those movies they'd come out and then they'd get re-released years later with a different title so it'd be like oh, a bait man. and switch so they'd be like this week's dog of the week is a movie that i saw five years ago under a different title and it's like <laughs> i got duped i'll never forgive Roper, I never liked Roper's attitude. Yeah, he was not but great. But he, if you don't like a movie, fine. But I will never forget this, that he gave a poor review to Chicken Run because he didn't like chickens. <laughs> what? And his whole review was like, ah, chickens are so annoying. And I was like, did you grow up on a farm? Did you have to kill a lot of chickens? You can't not like a movie for that. You can't be a serious critic and be... I don't like chickens, so I hate this great movie that everyone yeah. else loves. If you didn't like Mel Gibson, I get it. You know, Nowadays, you're like, yeah. I don't want to listen to his voice, you know, uh, but that's a weird way to give up yeah. on a movie. I don't have what it takes to be a, a real critic. I just like things too much. And <laughs> you have to hate some stuff. Yeah. And even a movie that I don't like, I kind of like good effort everybody yeah yeah especially as someone who creates art you know you don't want to be that guy who's like you, know, like, you I, wasted your life i love guillermo del toro but he has a couple movies that i don't like that much but if i ever met him again i wouldn't be like man i didn't like that one no. you know especially I, since he won the oscar it would feel yeah, more awkward. i didn't like crimson peak that much yeah me neither but i, I, I think i need to see it again i think if i saw it a second time it's one of those movies where, you know, you see it in theaters and you're not, you don't like it that much. But if maybe if you watch it on home video, it might, I didn't hate it. I just, I wasn't. Yeah. You expect a bit more it. probably from him. But if I, I think if I, I think what it is, is that it's not Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Which is like amazing. I'm the exact yeah. same where I saw that movie and, and man, more than most movies, it was just like, excellent job, everybody. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> score. Great costumes. Great actors in the movie. Cinematography looks great. The scary monster looks great. I didn't like it for some reason. Like, yeah. just one of those strange things. That's the only one of his I haven't seen, actually. And I think that's part of the reason was that because I heard a lot of people who were just sort of, there was a resounding meh. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, like, I heard it, it, like, looks pretty good. It like, looks great. Yeah. And that's kind of the best I've heard about it. It's just, it's a great looking movie. I man. think it was a little too love story-ish for me. I th I think that's what, it was a little too yeah, and romantic. It, Not that I don't like romance, but sure. I, I wanted more horror like more gothic lab. less yeah. less love but i might need to that might be a, a 
mind changer. I yeah. might need to reevaluate that one. Maybe I should watch it. Maybe that'll be. See, I'll end up loving it because no one else liked it. And I'll be like, oh no, now I can't mention this anymore. Well, even like Hellboy 2. And I totally admit I'm guilty just because I love the comic Hellboy and have been reading yeah. it for like, God, 25 years. That I was guilty of being like, that's not Hellboy. <laughs> Despite somebody who goes out of the way to be like, no, it's a multiverse and Batman 66 and Chris Nolan Batman can sure. coexist. But there was something about that Hellboy where I was just like, this isn't even a spoiler, but just a specific example. The end of the second movie ends on like a sitcom style freeze frame. And I, I just couldn't get behind that. Like it was it was very strange. I, as someone who's never read Hellboy, I quite liked the second Hellboy. Yeah, I actually see? own the Blu-ray, but not the first one. The only thing that bothered me about Hellboy 2 was the obvious Seth MacFarlane voice. Oh my God. Whereas I don't mind Seth MacFarlane, but I'm just like, it's him doing his German voice or whatever. And I'm like, okay, yeah. all right. I mean, it's not, that shouldn't take you out of a movie, but, and yet it did. Yeah, it looked great. But I mean, I love Guillermo so much. Yeah, like yeah. He, he's such a, he's just like, the king of geeks and he's so filled with love and supporting people and supporting other filmmakers yeah. and producing all kinds of cool stuff like he's the best and like you go see his i went to see the uh, exhibit that came to toronto oh, yeah. and it's just like it's like what every single one of our houses would look like if we happen to be Guillermo del toro yeah and have more contacts of getting cool things like all of us have stuff like he has like mm-hmm. a bunch of comic books and some cool statues and some action figures he just happens to have that but it's like the original King Kong and Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. and like So it's it's a little bit more... So, yeah, Peter Jackson, too, probably has just yeah. a crazy collection of stuff. You're like, once you hit that, like, 100 million earnings mark or whatever, you know, you're like... Yeah. Apparently, you know that movie, The Car? Yeah. About the killer killer car movie. Jaws, but a car. It's like a black... I forget what kind of, it's, yeah. what kind of car it is. It's like, it lo- almost looks like a hearse. It's like a, an Oldsmobile or something. Yeah, I can picture it, but I'm terrible with cars. He got a car, like, retrofitted like what? that like he got he got a version of the car made to drive around or to, i guess or maybe I just mean, to put maybe just to put in his garage like a jay leno jay man, leno kind of thing hilarious is but this, google the movie the car 1977 yeah. is james brolin in that yeah you'll see it's like a it's a really creepy looking old i think it's an old movie that's hilarious i don't know if he got the original car or if he just found that model and had it made I, up i love seeing a nerd car drive around Sometimes it's just like if you're near a comic convention or a car show, you're like, oh, there's a Batmobile. That makes sense. But I swear once I was walking down the street here in Ottawa and I looked into it later. There was no car show around. There was no Comic-Con. There was nothing. The 1966 Batmobile just passed me by, just drove down the street. And it wasn't just because I know that's based on a real car. Right. It wasn't just that. Like it had the color. It had the bat, everything. Batman was driving Batman in was too. Driving. Like, okay, I'm pretty sure that was the Batmobile. And it's the weirdest thing to see in real life. Especially that one. Like, well, I guess it would be weird to see any Batmobile. Probably be more weird to see like the one from the, the serials or whatever. Yeah. I've seen Back to the Future DeLoreans driving around for a couple sure. times. I know there was one and it's like a, a charitable organization for the Fox Foundation. And it's a, a lovely nerd couple who lives somewhere in the States. And they basically drive around and charge people five bucks to sit in the car. And mm. then they give it to charity and stuff. But it's a road-worthy DeLorean. And they were saying how it's only going to last so long because DeLoreans are extinct. Yeah. And you're just, it's one day some weird part's going to... There's not, is it going to be, you know, cost a fortune to replace? And at that point, they'll be like, then it goes to a museum. Yeah. But, and it still looks amazing, I guess, at that point. Yeah. But that is great. I think I saw a Knight Rider car once, but I, I might be making that up. I sat in Knight Rider. Okay. It's the Knight Rider? The Knight Rider. I got to look back in this, see if I could find some information on it. 
Because, you know, it could have been a fake Knight Rider car that they just send out to car shows. They claimed it was they the real one. It. But somewhere my mom has a photo of me. It's probably just like, I don't know what they did at the time. If they just like took a Polaroid and charged you 10 bucks and gave it to you. But somewhere there's a photo of like, what's the math on this? Like, I don't know, seven-year-old me sitting behind the wheel of Kit. And I seem to remember that it had all the bells and whistles on it. But like, people are pretty good at faking that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it was at a car show here in Ottawa back in like, you know, 83 or something like that. Jeez. I almost sat in the Batmobile, except it was the year that Adam West canceled and oh, no. I didn't go. So he, he wasn't able to bring his Batmobile. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I, I th- like the Batmobile was there and, and Burt Ward was there, I think. But I was like, ah, no offense, Burt Ward, kind of a deal breaker <laughs> on that one. And I'm, I've, it's just hard. like, I don't, I'm not a convention guy and it's like a commitment to so go. It, it's like Oates showing up, but no hall. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh. It really is like that. Or herb, but no peaches. Yeah, I'm like, Garfunkel, you're great, but I just don't <laughs> I don't think I need this in my life for this price. But I've, I've, I'm sure you could have had a long talk with Burt Ward. He's probably dying to chat. He's big on, like, dog rescue and stuff. Like, yeah. he, he's he's had an interesting career, but he's uh, he's not he's not Batman. My friend Bao met, I think it was in Montreal. It was just before Comic-Cons went bonkers. Like, this was maybe, like, 10, 12 years ago. And we went to this medium-sized comic-con in montreal that had a few comic guests and a few sci-fi guests but it wasn't enormous it was still the kind of thing that was like in a westin it wasn't some giant convention center he got chatting with brett spider after getting an autograph and said that brent spiner wouldn't let him go and just kept talking and talking and talking and and my friend said he felt like saying like Oh, yeah, well, nice to meet you, Mr. Spiner. Um, I gotta go. My friends are over here. And it, and it felt like I was just like, man, you should invite him to dinner. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was like, he was just lonely in Montreal. But like, that, that happened to my friend of mine with the bass player from the Hives, where like they met him and they were like, oh, cool, the bass player from the Hives. And they hung out and had a drink and then he wouldn't leave them alone. Ah. Like, he was just really clingy. And they were like, okay, well, we gotta go. And they like ghosted him. And I'm just like, I don't even know how to feel about that story. Like, I feel bad for the guy. Like, clearly you're just touring all the time and you're, like, kind of lonely. But It'd you're be just... funny if, if it was a bizarro world where the celebrities were clinging yeah. to the fan. Like, if Brad <laughs> yeah. Pitt came up to, hey, do you want to do a selfie with me? Yeah. Like, uh, sure, Mr. Brad Pitt. This is enough. I mean, there, I guess there are, like, a fair amount of C or D list celebrities who yeah. are like that. You went to another one like that in Ottawa, didn't you? Like a couple of years back that was like at a Weston or at a... I've been to a bunch of them, Something. Yeah. I can't remember. I was at one in Pittsburgh years ago that was kind of more like that. Small, a lot of D-grade celebrities, easy to chat with everybody. That was the one where, I think I've told this story before, but just quickly, is that you see like the greedy underbelly of it was that, because it was in Pittsburgh, of course. Yeah, home of Romero. That there was all these like... I was this zombie. I was the zombie who got his head cut off by the helicopter. I was this zombie. I was that yeah. zombie. All of us were in Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you go to New Zealand The Harry Comic-Con, Krishna. Oh, yeah, that guy's great. I, if you go to New Zealand Comic Con, like everybody in New Zealand was a hobbit or an elf. Like everybody. And so it's like not hard to find somebody. Martha's Vineyard and Jaws too. Like, oh, like, yeah, yeah. And I was I, in the background, I swear. And it was like a lot of just real people. So at this Comic Con, there was somebody claiming to be, they were like set decorators and that they had rare bullet shells used from the blanks of dawn of the dead or whatever huh and it was in a nice little case and it was like you know 20 bucks or whatever and had a little plaque on it or whatever like that <laughs> so i saw them i witnessed them sell their last five bullets oh man and then open up a little briefcase that was filled with bullets hmm. <laughs> and yeah so they would just take them out at every con put out 10 and be like these are the last 10 yeah. in existence con is right <laughs> yeah and that's all these people do is it's this con life yeah some people are 
you know, you'll see the Avengers at a comic convention or someone who's like Doctor Who or something like that. So they're still working actors. But a lot of these people, like, that's their job. Mm -hmm. Like, that's all they do is go to conventions and sign stuff. Especially Star Wars Yeah, they're just sort of living off the past glory. Like, yeah, yeah, Star Wars. Jeremy Bullock is one I think of a lot. Like, just Boba Fett, who was in so little of it. But, like, and, and, like, I don't really think he did much afterwards. And you're just, like, that's all you you have at this point. And that's the Jeremy Bullock argument. Poor Jeremy Bullock. Sorry. I bear him no ill will. Sorry, bud. (laughs) But I know for a fact, just from watching behind-the-scenes stuff, my favorite scene with Boba Fett in Empire is when Luke's kind of trying to catch up with his friends mm-hmm. and Boba Fett ducks around a corner and shoots at Luke. And I was like, wow, what might have been? That's so yeah. cool. That wasn't even Jeremy Bullock. That was like the stunt actor or whatever. And then it wasn't him falling in the pit. <laughs> it wasn't him. There was like some extra was standing beside Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Like, there's five <laughs> Boba Fetts. And it all happened because even though those were big-budget movies, they were very, like, low-budget style. Where mm. shooting from the hip and at the last minute going, like, we have a rewrite. Somebody put on the Boba Fett costume. And I know it was, strangely, it was the guy, Luke's co-pilot, who got squished by the ad <laughs> He plays Boba Fett in a scene just because they were like, oh, are you free next Tuesday? Okay, come back and put on the suit. So Jeremy Bullock is like spotty at best of being like i'm the real boba oh, fett so he's had like two scenes like i don't even i'm trying to do yeah. the math now i'm like there aren't that many boba fett scenes like well it's it's like poor david prouse arguing that they should have left his voice alone in star wars yeah he was my next go to fu- it's kind of funny though that you can hear an outtake of yeah his voice oh god it, it's really funny they're amazing work. like could you even imagine like i just they would have been laughed out of the theater i, I mean can't... i don't know if he felt angry but yeah, it's, it's you're like, no. And now that's become so commonplace. Like, even on Mandalorian recently, it was a little person actor. And then, oh, shoot, from 48 Hours. One of the bad guys, you mean? No, the, the star. Who is the star? Of Nick 40? Nolte? Nick Nolte. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So Nick Nolte did the voice. Oh, right. Okay. That's, that's right. Me, that's I right. thought you were thinking of another little person. And I was like, well, he no, doesn't no, mean no. Nick Nolte. So just, yeah, in Mandalorian, he did that. And then in like, so like that happens more frequently now, these kind of team ups of, even I'm watching Doom Patrol. And they've got Brendan Fraser and another actor doing voices for two characters. It must be more cost effective or easier or because like the physical looks different than the voice kind of thing. But mm-hmm. both of those, one guy's in like a mummy mask and one guy's robot man. My two favorites. They're not on set. It's more commonplace now. Maybe at the time it wasn't because yeah. it was like that was kind of the first time they did effects as such. But... Yeah, and kind of crazy that uh, speaking Mandalorian, Taika Waititi was nominated for voice work. I know. For that. You're like, okay, this incredible director, writer, actor, you know, yeah. and then it's voice work that he's up for an Emmy for. Like, just I hope crazy. he wins that for, for for playing an IG robot in Mandalorian. That's that pretty was, cool. It worked so well. Like, and, and just who would even, I don't know how they come up with these ideas. Like, or just who even thinks of that? We're like, okay, we got to have an IG and uh, you know, why don't you do the voice? Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's a, whole thing and it worked brilliantly you know and they well, got, i'm like, very excited to, and i think he has another small movie coming out before this like pandemic adjacent maybe i don't know where he was in the production yeah but he's got a soccer movie coming out and then thor and then a star wars movie yeah. and i'm very excited about the big stuff and the little stuff everything he's to me he's perfect still you go back to movies like boy and then go to what we do in the shadows and up to thor everything i'm just like i don't think he's done a bad movie so yeah i'm looking forward to see him do more stuff like that. And I didn't know he was doing a soccer movie. 
a soccer movie too yeah that's that could be good is it shallon soccer too because like no i think it's like a more of like a true story type thing possibly new zealand based some underdog root for yeah something that if you're new zealand is a big deal (laughs) (laughs) to us we're like i don't know yeah, yeah, it's or, or like bend it like New Zealand. I don't know. <laughs> bend it like, like, New like I don't know New Zealanders very well. Okay, let's chat about July thirty first to August sixth, twenty twenty. Oh yeah, it's my birthday month, August second. Birthday month. This is my birthday schedule. This is the view of the future. And Lee made a joke that coming off of this pandemic, coming off of this lockdown, six months from now, a year from now, whenever, when things are totally back to normal, we might have learned to become more responsible business owners because of this. <laughs> because sometimes we'd book things for a day or book eight movies in a week, that kind of thing. I think we're going to fall into the pattern of four movies a week, especially now because we can only have 50 people a show. Mm-hmm. So once upon a time, we might have only had Jurassic Park on like a Saturday and Sunday, but now we have it for five days. So we have two retro movies and two new movies. And I think that's kind of what you're going to see from now on. So the new movies will be on for seven days each. There'll be a nine o'clock movie in three slots and a nine o'clock movie in four slots, something like that. Yeah. I like it a lot because, especially now, people only go see so much. If we're rocking four movies a week, the hardcore fans can still come a couple times a week. And people who just want to see the new stuff and not the old stuff can still come once a week. Yeah. Or you see Jurassic Park twice. We're going to run out of new movies. (laughs) That's true. Very true. Because I'm surprised we had so many so far. Yeah, we're going to run out sooner or later. We might catch up. And this is speculation. This is me trying to report the news neutrally. If we live in a world where because of certain rules the multiplexes have not reopened and Warner Brothers really, really wants to release something like Tenet, which I keep on calling Tenet, like David Tenet, but it's Tenet. I read uh, that it's going to be released in Canada first. Hmm. Yeah, so... At the Mayfair Theater exclusively. (laughs) Yeah, if that happens, and it's a lot of ifs, if the multiplexes aren't back... If we're still open, who knows? Like, you don't want to think glass half <laughs> empty, but like, we can wake up tomorrow. They could be like, everybody back in your basements. But everything keeps on going on an even keel, and they want to release it. We could be it. Same with Bill and Ted. There's a lot of maybes, but who knows? That's happened with independent films with us before. That's what happened with Parasite when we got it when no one else wanted it, mm-hmm. and we played it for 17 weeks. And so, still would have been. So, who knows? But we might run out of pre COVID new movies and then bump right up to movies just coming out as per normal that would have come out in the fall or winter yeah well and there's still like there's some good stuff that is sort of that weird in between like palm springs was really good and yeah. like that one never got a release because of covid and there was a couple others where that judd apatow movie uh oh yeah yeah king, king of Stat Stat island, island. Yeah. yeah that was good too like there's some stuff where it's like you might get to a point where you're like well i don't know maybe knock on the door see if they well, want to give us that and our relationship with netflix could perk up again mm-hmm. where say if defy bloods was being released this Friday instead of whatever it was a month ago or six yeah. weeks ago, I'm pretty sure we'd have it on our screen right now. Yeah. So that might happen again with those kind of content. Full disclosure, I really wanted to get the new Scooby-Doo movie, Scoob, because I just really love Scooby-Doo. Can't get it because it's. I believe they're deciding to just, we made a bunch of money on streaming, we're going to go on Blu-ray and then be mm. on Netflix or whatever. And so they're done. But Yeah, everything's kind of up in the air with the weirdness and like the universal AMC thing. And like, there's no... Like, Who knows? <laughs> yeah. It's like Canada, States, so many labels. Like there's all this stuff where it's like, it doesn't really... People are going to be like, oh my God, what's this mean for you? And it's like, literally nobody knows. And it's nobody nothing, knows, yeah. It's not even a thing yet, so... I wouldn't be surprised if they change their mind again and say, no, no, we changed our mind. Tenant's going to come out in six months. Or... Some crazy story because we're in such a crazy world that we wake up tomorrow and Lee emails us and goes, 
holy crap, they're going to give us Tenet. Like, we got to show Interstellar on film. Yeah, that's what... If we could get in touch with Chris Nolan. I yeah, wish yeah. Chris Nolan <laughs> that's had... step one. He does not have a Twitter account. A lot of filmmakers, <laughs> Probably a good you know, thing. Edgar Wright, Taika Waititi, John Favreau, you could chat with them on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. If he had one and we could tweet him and be like, hey, we have 35 millimeter projectors in Canada. Do you want us to show that? That'd be cool. Yeah, why not? And plus, you know, we've played like pretty much all this stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got to keep the streak going, man. Come on. In the normal world, we would have screened Tenant three months after it came out or something. Yeah. So screen it at Christmas time or January or whatever the math is on that. But yeah, nobody knows. People keep asking questions and it's funny where you try not to be snarky back, but you're just like, the question is always a shrug. That's what I've been saying recently with the happy face that saves you from not looking like a jackass, you know, where you just go, the answer is always a shrug and we don't know. Yeah, you know? You, yeah, you, you can do the shrug. There's a shrug emoji. Oh, yeah. See, I'm not, I'm not do, savvy do the, enough. Do the shrug emoji <laughs> instead of the smiley face emoji. I'll just, no, you just write shrug, right? Shrug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think that would be perfect for you. Mr. Shrug. Hello, anyway. I'm Mr. Schnub. Yeah, that's him. Man, I don't even think... Yes, we, that'll do. We never even uh, got to the movies. We, we I know, we got distracted. Okay, let's try again. <laughs> movies, July 31st, August 6th. Jurassic Park. Classic. Never heard of it. <laughs> Obviously. Is it related to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? Oh, man, I hope. The We played this a while back, once maybe for a birthday screening or something like that. Oh, yeah. This movie's from 1993. I was so blown away how much the effects hold up. Mm-hmm. Because you see other movies post-93, don't look terrible, but look dated pretty fast. I saw a clip from Lord of the Rings recently. Yeah. Not terrible, but Gollum could well, look better. Gollum in the first one, <laughs> like, especially. Like, you only see him for, like, a scene, pretty much. But, yeah. like, yeah, even that, at the time, even, you were sort of like, okay, it's fine, it's fine. But, you know, that, that progressed so quickly in those movies. So that's the most amazing compliment you can give the original Jurassic Park is, like, Man, that T-Rex scene and those it's Velociraptor so scenes, good. they hold up. Like, it's hard to start watching that movie and not finish it, I've found. Like, I remember when yeah. I had cable, I went by and it was on and I, was, I couldn't stop watching it. Like, it's just one of those kinetic films. And it's nice in its simplicity. Like, there are a couple of little twists. Like, oh, there's a, there's a bad guy working on the team trying to steal stuff. But it's really just like, we go to a theme park, it goes horribly Newman. wrong. <laughs> Newman. Spoiler. <laughs> Newman. <laughs> it is. People have referenced Jurassic Park numerous times about... How horrible things happen now where dummies getting caught having parties, people going back to Disney World, Mm -hmm. people doing dumb things. And you're like, oh, maybe Jurassic Park wasn't such a dumb script. Because the biggest dumb part of, especially, say, Jurassic World, is you're like, it's a world in which Jurassic Park existed. That part in Lost World existed where a T-Rex ran around a city. Yeah. And people are still cool to just go to a dinosaur park? That doesn't seem realistic. And then you cut to real world where there's a whole bunch of people not wearing masks in line at Disney World. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess it could work. (laughs) I guess it makes sense. Jaws as well. Oh, for sure. You're like, oh, yeah, no, people would have gone to the beaches. Okay. You hear quotes from politicians talking about COVID. And you could do one of those games. Like, is this a quote from Jaws? Or is this a quote from (laughs) Fox News? from Jaws? Yeah, you couldn't tell. Yeah, is this Trump or the Jaws guy? You couldn't tell. <laughs> oh, God. We love the Jaws guy. We have a French movie called Doctor. It's so new. It's there's Doctor? Doctor? Yeah, yeah there's a, yeah, question, mark. a question mark. Yeah. Question mark? It's so new, there's nothing about this movie. It's, <laughs> it's a very acclaimed French actor in it, very popular, but it didn't hit film festivals. No critics got to see it because it just came out at that wrong time. So this is an example of a new film that we're getting because of the weird COVID stuff that happened. Huge. So that's a France-French 
farce of a comedy. And it's a premiered then. Or no? Our friends at the Bytown yes. had it last okay, week. It. All right, and then we got, got it. So, All right. <laughs> but a premiere is Seberg. Seberg? Seberg? Seberg. 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 Seberg? Subway? Subway? <laughs> Suburbia? Seberg. Oh, God. This is why there are three of us, just in case. We're like, yeah. We don't actually know what the movie is. So that one is an Ottawa premiere Okay. with Kristen Stewart, who I really like a lot. Right. Still have never seen a Twilight movie. Maybe that's why yeah. I like her. I like everything she's done since that. She did her best. So that's our Ottawa premiere this week. And then from the Retro Vaults, our Godzilla mini-fest continues with one of my favorites, Destroy All Monsters. Amazing. It's, as the title says, all the monsters are in there destroying things. That's <laughs> how you know it's good. Like, it's a like grab it's bag of monsters. It's playing on my birthday. My buddy Nick OG is a huge Godzilla fan, and he's like, well, that's probably my favorite one. But I think he says that about all of them, so it's hard to believe. Gwen was teasing me because we came to see First Cow or something, and the destroy all monsters trailers before it and i was like i was unironically getting giddy i was just i was so excited and you've probably seen the trailer too i would imagine but not on the big screen yeah and i just i saw Ghidorah last night and it's so bonkers like you can't explain it you're like there's an island tiny people live on it there's a musical oh, number in between the monsters fight mothra's in it okay i thought so the monsters fight and evidently i forgot this are completely like sentient and talk to each other they're like, no, humans are jerks. We don't want to help them. And Weird. But it's just so, it's such joy just seeing the monsters fight. And sometimes they'll cut to a close-up and the monster kind of has like weird cookie monster eyes and is like, yeah. does a little like, what? <laughs> and like rubs both eyes with his hands. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, man. So this but, is like, so so Destroyal Monsters is, is pretty similar to Final Wars in a way. Like it's one of those ones where they just jam all the characters they yeah. can. And there's, there's another one too, I think that's kind of like that, but I can't. I, I like know. Son of Godzilla. Oh, God. The little baby Gatsuki. Godzilla and he talks. Gatsuki. Oh, man. He's... Oh, I'm Godzilla's son. Oh, my God. I can't... I... And then he makes friends with the little Japanese boy with, like, the short shorts. I hope... Like, do you really like it? Or are you being ironic? Because I can't tell. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not... I mean, it's enjoyable, but, man, is it not good. When I was a little kid, they had this Saturday morning cartoon with Godzuki on it. Yeah. Because that was the rule of Hanna-Barbera. Josie the Pussycats needed a talking cat. Jetsons, when it made its comeback, had this weird little slinky-legged alien. You needed a weird sidekick. The Great Gazoo? No, no. It was this weird... On Jets, uh, that's on Flintstones, yeah. But on, oh, on Jetsons, it was this little cutesy, slinky-legged alien. And it was just... It was bizarre. But then Godzuki, who was just this, like, Scrappy-Doo-esque Godzilla monster. Yeah, yeah. Orko, yeah. you know. like or- they had, yeah, All of yeah, yeah. them were terrible. As a kid, they didn't seem so terrible. Then you grow up and you're like, oh, wow, my parents must have hated this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor parents. Poor Katsuki. So that's it. So that's our four movies on the 31st to August 6th. I'll again say that next week we have The Empire Strikes Back coming. By the time you listen to this podcast, we might have our advanced tickets all up and ready to go. We're very close. We just got to get some banking stuff in place. But if not, by the time you listen to this, it'll be very soon. It will be in place in time for August 7th for sure, so you can get your advanced tickets for Empire Strikes Back and stuff from there on. Mm. Really, this is being set up because of the 50-seat rule. Right. We don't really need it year-round if we can get in 325 people. But for this, what we're doing is there is a service fee, but we're not increasing our prices. So this isn't costing us anything. And then you pay, It's I think it's around a buck twenty-five or a buck fifty a ticket. Yeah. And even with that service fee, we're still way cheaper than everybody. Yeah. So the reason why you go to a multiplex and there's no service fee is because the ticket costs you $15. Right. Whereas here it's 11 bucks plus whatever it is, a buck 50. It's seven bucks plus a buck 50. We're just using kind of the 
we're going to believe that you're a senior citizen or 12 and under. If you're a member, just you'll flash your card when you show your ticket. But it should help with that kind of thing. And I think especially nowadays, people aren't too concerned about paying a tiny little bit of a service fee to get that convenience and make sure they get to come see Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, because I do think it'll sell out. I mean, especially yeah. now that I know the thing sold out. I'm like, well, Empire Strikes Back. I mean, it's the thing of Star Wars movies. <laughs> and then in the new year, whenever. It's the thing. The thing. It's the. We'll just hope for the best and say January 1st, we're just like, hey, we're back to normal. We probably won't have the advanced ticket thing anymore because it just we don't really need it except for a couple times a year. Yeah. So, like Parasite, we had for 17 weeks, never sold out. Came close a few times, mm. but never sold out. It's but sh- uh, yeah, shocking. You, you had some notes. Oh yeah, let's see. So I, I watched Falling Down for the first time last night. <laughs> uh, you know, pretty good. Wait, Joel Schumacher, so you get the tie in there. Yeah, uh, that was pretty good. Watched Deep Blue Sea three. Which, uh, oh, was, is that out already? Yeah, I just yesterday. heard of that today. Yeah, the second one makes the third one look like the first one. So uh, that's that's a good review. My exclamation to Eric yesterday over the internet was, there's a Deep Blue Sea 3? I didn't know there was a 2. Yeah. <laughs> that's what everyone says. And you're just like, well, 2, it's not. it was a loose remake of the first one, but much lower budget. It's not good. Don't, don't worry about don't that one. It. And then I also watched Species 2, which is not really noteworthy, except that it was directed by Peter Medic. Who did oh, the right. changeling? And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. what? And we showed it, you can, the ghost of Peter yeah. Sellers documentaries about him. Which was so good. And yeah. like, and then what wasn't great was Species 2. They show so. a montage of like Peter's work and they show like some TV episodes and whatever and some other big high class movies. Yeah. And then Species 2 rolls along. And I was like, wow, really? You can just leave that one out of your resume? Have you seen Velocipaster? Not yet. Oh, okay. People keep telling me about it, and I'm like, I can't tell if it's like fun good or if it's like, oh god, you know. I think the good. title's too good for the movie to be good. Yeah, that's that's probably true. But but I did watch Amos and Andrew, which you may be familiar with. Oh. Oh, your name's in the title, so you have to know about it. But I watched seen this. It, but... Yeah, we watched it as, as when I was a kid. My mom rented this, and it's basically about Samuel Jackson is a rich black man who buys a house, and then the police think he's breaking into the house. And so once they realize what they did, they get Nicolas Cage, the criminal, to pretend to take him hostage so that the police can come in and save Samuel Jackson. It's not good. The premise is horrible. Man. Yeah, that sounds... It's, that sounds troublesome. <laughs> it's like, it's dated. It wasn't like, un- I remember as a kid, I didn't really like it. Yeah, but I was like, oh, maybe I just didn't get it. And now that I'm like a cageaholic, I was like, well, I got to watch this again. It's not good. Like, it's not. Yeah. It, the cast is crazy. It had like Dabney Coleman and other people who I don't remember. But it's it's awful. Like, it was just, it was not not like a like, oh, this is not PC. It was just, it wasn't funny. Just bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I am not recommending that. And then that. he did Trapped in Paradise with Dana Carvey. <laughs> that and sucked too. Like, I didn't... Dana Carvey, Nicolas Cage, and who's the third guy? It was the critic, John Lovitz. John Lovitz, yeah. yeah. And it was just, oh my God. And yeah, Dana Carvey was doing his like Italian sort of accent-ish. Or no, it's like kind of like a Brooklyn, Brooklyn or something. Yeah. I, oh God. I watched that like last year for Christmas and it was the worst Christmas I've <laughs> nah. ever had. Anyways, I, Anyways. Uh, I felt that I should let you guys know. And also for you, there's a new Muppet show, so you must be excited. Oh, I'm very excited. I still wish it was just the Muppet show, yeah. but any new Muppet content is good. I can't yeah. believe Disney dropped the ball. Both of their Muppet films were very good. Yeah. And it makes me sad that it's really, it's business. Like they did okay, but they didn't do great. And they said, oh, let's go back to TV, I guess. But I thought both the Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted were very strong. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. For such a popular franchise, they've struggled for decades, whether it be Dark Crystal and Labyrinth or certain Muppet shows that came in the 90s. They're still kind of this like cult yet universally known phenomenon. Yeah. 
And Muppets but, Tonight still isn't out yet on uh, Disney? No, it's or? not. Weird. No, and I like that a lot. That's weird. It's that just, and the storyteller. Yeah, man. So it's just sad news for you, except yeah. for the new series. They're new like, series, you yeah. can't have any of the things you like, but here's this new thing. Yeah. Yikes. Okay, let's wrap this up, get back to work. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can always find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Say hello to us there. If you're listening from anywhere for podcasts <laughs> you can give us nice high ratings and retweet it and re-facebook it and spread the word i visited house of targ last weekend because it was their first weekend open and right. one of the guys said yeah somebody came in because they said they heard on the mayfair podcast that we were reopening on the weekend yes so that was cool it was advertising at nice. work so finally so yeah so yeah on right as we speak it's friday saturdays and sundays you can go into targ from 5 to 11 and do free play, get takeout pierogies, do sit down and eat pierogies. There's plastic in between all the pinball machines. It looks really crazy that we're in this world now. But And then you spray down the machine after you do it, just like as if you were at like a like oh, yeah. on a bike or whatever like that. So yeah, so go visit them on the weekends and you can order pierogies and shirts and stuff from them. I like that. That's basically your gym is going over yeah, there. Gym, yeah. <laughs> I gotta go for a workout. You go to a gym, I go over here and I play Dig Dug. Don't judge me. <laughs> We'll be back next week, and we'll talk about Empire Strikes Back for the whole podcast. Yay! Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you soon at the Mayfair. Bye. Bye-bye. I can't believe that we found out that he loves Gadzuki. You've been holding that from us all this time. I've never... Is that what it's called? Yeah. Gadzuki. That's what Son of Godzilla is? Yeah. Son of Godzilla. Gadzuki. That's funny. <laughs> Destroy all monsters. Born is the conclave of nations when unknown powers from outer space attack our world with gargantuan man-killers. Then the armies of our world unite. Massive armies versus mad monsters for possession of planet Earth.